Okay. Don't say a word. Just keep walking real casual, okay? Let's do this. I'll show it to you, but you can't tell anybody else where it is, okay? Deal. They keep it way in the back with the really rare stuff. Hey, what's up? How goes it? Good to see you. The kids who work here don't know where it came from, of course, but neither do the old-timers. None of them bought it, so there's no tracking number. As far as they know, it's just always been here. Hello, and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the video game book club podcast. Today, we're starting a discussion on Brutal Legend. I'm your host, Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First off, we have Greg. What up? And last but not least, we have the homie Trevor. What's going on? So this is the game for the month of... Is it actually July or is it June? Man, we're so off. I think it's June, because Celeste was May, wasn't it? Uh, Or not uh, Celeste. uh, Well, Celeste may have been May. Okay, no, okay. So So this is is the game for June. Overdim was May, and Celeste was the second one of April. Okay, so yeah. So we're behind still. We're trying to catch up, but uh, this is for the month of June. Brutal Legend. This is Greg's game, so I'm going to kick it to him to intro it. Okay. Um, so, why I picked this game. Um, it's been one that's been on my backlog for a long time now. I just kind of never got around to it, like most of the stuff I have. Um, I remember playing the demo uh, when it was released on 360, and kind of was interested to play it, but just kind of never uh, never picked it up, so I figured now would be a good time. Um, also, I guess this is what the... How many Double Fine games have we played at this point? I want to say this is the third, because uh, we played uh, Psychonauts, and then I guess technically Grim Fandango was brought back by um, Double Fine, but it was originally done by uh, the studio before them, which I'm drawing a blank on. But we'll just say this is the second and a half. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, <clears throat> Brutal Legend is an open-world action-adventure game with some, I guess, real-time strategy-slash-tower-defense elements. Um, game was created by Double Fine and published by Electronic Arts. Uh, Tim, Tim Schafer was inspired to work on this game based on past musical experiences. Uh, the game is centered around Eddie Riggs, uh, a roadie voiced by Jack Black who gets transported to a fantasy world based on metal album covers. Uh, the game... Features uh, performances from him and also from some other heavy metal uh, artists such as Lemmy, uh, Rob Halford, Ozzy Osbourne, and Lita Ford. Uh, it also features more than 100 metal songs uh, selected personally by Schaefer. Uh, Brutal Legend was released in October 2009 in North America, Europe, and Australia on um, Xbox 360 and PS3 and eventually was ported to... Uh, PC on February 2013. Um, according to Schaefer, uh, Brutal Legend had been in development since 2007, which I think that was when they were... Um, I guess it had started before development had been started around uh, when they finished up Psychonauts. Uh, part of the game's inspiration came from the fantasy worlds that the lyrics and album covers of metal bands implied but rarely made it to music videos thus allowing Brutal Legends to fulfill the promise of such lore. Uh, Schaefer also credits a Megadeth roadie named Tony he once met as having given him the idea to make uh, make a game about a roadie, with the character of Eddie Riggs becoming a reimagined version of him. 
Schaefer had previously explored the idea of a roadie sent back in time with the character Hoagie from uh, Day of the Tentacle, but uh, Brutal Legend represented an opportunity to expand on it further. Um, Brutal Legend received generally positive reviews, um, giving high praise to the story and vocal performances. Um, I think the only negatives that people had about it were the the gameplay. Um, <clears throat> currently, the game sits at around 80% on uh, Metacritic across all consoles. Um, although it reviewed pretty well, didn't pan out uh, that way in sales. Sold around 215,000 copies uh, in the month of release. Um, and that could be attributed to a couple things. Um, the A lot of the, um, I guess, the advertisements and the promotion for the game didn't really kind of touch on the gameplay. It just kind of focused on, hey, here's Jack Black and it's a bunch of metal stuff. Um, so they think that it's probably that, and if they had shown that it had like it was a real time strategy game, that it may not have even done as you know. I guess that's not really well, but it wouldn't have done better than that. Um, so there was also talk about a sequel that was supposed to be made that uh, I believe EA had uh, EA had told Double Fine that the game was going to get a sequel, but they ended up canceling that. Um, as of 2013, Schaefer still had interest in a Brutal Legend sequel, um, but it will require appropriate funding and resources to make it happen. Um, and I guess based on how Psychonauts 2 does, they uh, well, I guess that, that may not even matter anymore because I forgot that Microsoft picked that up. So, um, But according to the Wikipedia thing, he was going to wait till Psychonauts 2 was released, and that did well. They are going to think about trying to go to... Uh, do a sequel for Brutal Legend. So, uh, outside of that, I think that's all I got for the intro. Okay, and you said that this has been on your backlog, but had you, you did you start it, or do you remember how far you got into it? No, no, I, I, I literally had played the demo, and then I waited for the game to hit like a pretty decent price, and I bought it, and then I just never that was went it. back to it. Yeah. And then, what about you, Trevor? Had you ever played this game before? Um, I think I watched either you or somebody else back at UAH play it. Okay. So then, yeah, for me, this was uh, this was a game that I had played, I think, the summer after my freshman year of college or something. So this was back when I used to buy used games heavy, do the two for buy two, get one free deal from GameStop. And I used to do that all the time. So this is one of those games that I got. And during that sale, this was the free game. I don't, <laughs> dude. I want to know. I don't remember which one it was. It probably was, but it was probably the greatest trio of games I ever bought because I bought Mass Effect One, uh, Burnout Paradise, and Brutal Legend. Uh, so I got all three of those games on 360 at the same time, and I just remember just going between those three games that summer like crazy. So. Oh, so you'd already played this. Yeah, I had played this game previously. Um, I'm not sad because I was one of those people that was like, there needs to be a sequel to this game. There needs to be a sequel to this game. It was a great game. And I'm really glad that I was able to play this game again because I realized I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there needs to be a sequel for this game and we can, I guess we can get into it. Um, uh, like kind of. Oh, what did everybody play it on? I guess I don't know. If it was okay, like so I played it. I 
I ended up buying the Double Fine. I think I mentioned one of the previous shows. I ended up buying the Double Fine uh, pack or whatever on Steam. So I had this game on Steam, and I decided to play it on Steam instead of playing it on 360. So PC for me. Um, I played on PC, and I, I don't even remember buying this game. I looked, and apparently I bought it in, like, 2017. But um, I, I had it on PS3. I just didn't feel like Busted digging out. that out. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I played on Xbox One with backwards compatibility. Okay, okay. So I, I guess let's let's talk around some of these things. Uh, so the game, as kind of Greg said, there's a lot of famous uh, musicians that, and just people, famous people that voice uh, these these characters so you play as eddie riggs who's voiced by jack black and they have like a cool little <coughs> meta thing where the opening did you guys watch the opening cutscene like pre-credit yeah like the live action the live action sequence with jack black did you ever watch that greg are you talking about the cutscene that like before you even get into the the menu of the game like when you boot the game oh, up. Oh no, no, yeah, I didn't. You never I watched it? No, I just kept skipping. I was oh like, I don't God. know. The, <laughs> you didn't know. You didn't, should I go watch it now? I or? mean, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. It's you can watch it after, but it, it, it's it's like you. So you see Jack Black, and like, do you know who Jack Black is, Greg? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just was wondering. I'm like, why would you skip that? Like, <laughs> I, I just didn't think it was anything interesting. Okay. Man. Yeah. So. um... You see Jack Black, and he's outside the store, and he's like, oh, hey, like, I'm glad you could make it. And, I mean, you're you're in first person, you're the camera guy, and he's like, hey, come on, I, I gotta show you this thing. Like, it's really secret, and not that many people know it's here, but, you know, he takes you inside this record store, and he's, like, taking you to the metal section, and then he's like, oh, no, then, you know, they don't have it. God dang, I knew I should have bought it, but I just, I just thought, like, it was too epic to, you know, have one man could contain it or whatever and then he keeps looking keeps looking and he finds this record and he pulls this record out and it is the case for this game and uh, or the, excuse, like uh, the artwork of this game on this record and then like that's when it opens up into the menu and it's very like I'm trying to think of like isn't it Guitar Hero 2 I mean maybe you guys I don't know if you guys played this heavy Guitar Hero 2 Guitar Hero 3 days where like they kind of tried to break the third wall and like when you're picking the songs, it's the set list, and it's actually these handwriting, and there's all these scribbles and notes on the paper, yeah. you know. And like and this is around that time, so like, um, like when you're scrolling through the menu in this in this game, at least in the, the main menu, it's the different pages of that record that he pulls out in that cutscene, and um, so that gives it a little bit of like unique flavor. And like what I've always heard is when people put like live action stuff instead of like rendered stuff it's because of budget reasons <laughs> it's like cheaper to actually film stuff than to try to have an artist or something render something up uh, i swear that ea did this with uh the first skate game too the first what the first skate game oh yeah i mean it's around the same time period too so you know yeah um it, it was like a thing especially with this being such a music forward you know based off music Featuring musicians as voice actors, featuring a super expansive set list or background uh, soundtrack that, I mean, music games were the thing. So kind of mimicking what they did was kind of big. Um, 
But yeah, so then uh, I think the game starts off and you see Eddie Riggs. Uh, actually, I think it starts off with um, this this group um, who's like this super like I think they're considered the world's worst heavy metal band called Cabbage Boy or something like that. And it's like um, it's this cutscene playing out, and they're like, "Yeah, you guys are ready to get your face, you know, melted and all this," and then their fans are cheering, and then they start playing music, and it's some like pop garbage BS and you see your your character or the main character Eddie Riggs who looks like Jack Black and is voiced by Jack Black he's like the roadie and he's like setting them up and he's just shaking his head just like you know like yeah it's a job and I gotta do it but like this band is not awesome at all this band sucks and you know you're seeing him he's like has this like this aura this this uh, aesthetic about him that he's like you know really about this lifestyle and everything and this band is just complete trash and uh, so i didn't get the impression that the band was like just the worst band in the world i just figured it was like considered like the new generation like with yeah yeah you know how they have the mumble rappers now they're like that everybody's into and and eddie's kind of like the the last gatekeeper of the you know the previous generation yeah, yeah, that's probably more akin. Like, uh, they are like the more mainstream, like poppy. Like, we we look the we look the look, but we don't sound the way metal should be. Yeah, you know, we're not the traditional stuff. Um, and I think they that make it like they used to. Exactly, exactly. And um, I think they have some type of technical difficulty here. Like the the the, the he he Eddie built this super elaborate uh, stage, and I think the guitarist is like. Uh, playing guitars on this super elaborate like hand uh, statue and the statue breaks and the guitarist is like you know uh, hanging on for dear life about to fall off this super steep stage and Eddie goes to save him catches him, saves the dude and like he's back in the shadows and you know nobody none the wiser and then the stage crashes down and crushes Eddie and you see that his belt buckle is this really elaborate like creature like skull creature with a lot of like huge sharp teeth and horns or whatever and his blood kind of goes into that creature's mouth and its eyes light on fire and the next thing you know you're in this fantasy unknown world that's like super heavily inspired by metal music it's um this what is it called Uh, Ormogodon is the name of the creature the fire beast and uh, you are, uh, you are basically in this world where the characters are. I mean, there's like three different factions, and each of them are kind of music related. So, like the main faction, the the, the faction that you end up joining up and fighting with is the the metal purists, I guess you can say, because they wear a lot of leather and um, let's see. Lots of leather, skulls, spikes, and chrome with their look. And then later on, you see some of the other uh, other factions. The um, Lion Whites faction, they are like more of like the 80s glam bands. So there's a lot of, they have a lot of like bandanas and fluorescent colors and cheetah print and long, long hair, headbands. Uh, extra, like you know that kind of aesthetic, and then the other um, 
another faction uh, is the the, the, the the Black Tears faction, and they're more of like goth, so they're like really pale, black hair, black eyeliner, um, kind of like a that whole black, you know, that aesthetic. And then they also have the I can't think of the last faction, but uh, the Emperor's faction, which they wear a lot more freaking BDSM gear. <laughs> like they have like ball ball gags and a lot of leather and uh, hooks and straps and yeah. So that there there's there's a it, and they're all like kind of centered around different music genres that are different metal music genres, you know, like or things that have spun off out of out of metal. Um do, do either of you guys or either of you guys fans of metal music, uh, traditional or otherwise? Mm, I mean, I think the rhythm games, like from that area, kind of got me into some of that stuff. But I wouldn't say like I, I kind of look for it nowadays. Is there any band or or that ever stood out or that you ever like kind of got into their discography or music through those? Or are you just kind of like I, I appreciate it in the games, but I, I don't listen to it in my yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. And what about you, Trevor? Um, as far as metal, I don't think so. I've I wouldn't say that I was a connoisseur. Like I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between the different types of metal. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, I do listen to some rock bands. Um, but as far as like knowing who is who and and all that, um, I'm not an expert. I got gotcha. you. Well, um, I, I kind of like you guys, I got into it through music games and I kind of did, I did get into metal, so I, I do enjoy metal music and it's not something that I actually, I don't listen to it regularly, but every now and then I get a hankering to listen to some metal music while I'm working out or just like doing something and I get into it and a lot of these, uh, voice actors in this game uh, are like Ozzy Osbourne. I got really into Black Sabbath and uh, he was, you know, the, the lead vocalist in that and um, Rob Halford. Um, he's the, the voice of Lion White and um, he uh, is Judas Priest lead singer, you know, lead vocalist. And I knew them through Rock Band and yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I dug... Um, I, I dug that they actually were able to bring in some actual metal musicians and everything, and even like some of the set lists, some of the songs. Like they had, uh, I, I'm really a big fan of Megadeth. Uh, that's one of my favorite groups, and uh, they have a couple songs in here. And then Mastodon is pretty legit. Uh, so yeah, I, I one of the things that I really, really, really do like about this game is the set, the the, the set list. I guess you could say um, they are. Um, it's just like any game with a you know licensed playlist where it's like once you get into your vehicle or whatever, stuff starts playing. And I usually like I I I didn't find myself skipping a lot of songs <laughs> in this game. I was here for, it. and then also too like the key pieces in the game are key set pieces and uh, in the story. Like a specific song would play. Like I think it was uh, when that um, when Lion White's uh, facility with the fountains and stuff was breaking down, and like uh, Daviculus was sending all his like weird creatures. Do you guys remember that part? 
you just had that stage battle at the little the the, the, oh, the temple yeah. area that's kind of like Egyptian themed. With the, and it's yeah. like the, the the area starting to crumble, and you got to drive out drive of out of it. That song is through the fire and the flames. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and it's like it fits the what's going on and everything. And like, even if you were to fail that mission, it wouldn't be a different song. It always is that song. Uh, so yeah, they, I think they even make use of their their license playlist to you know to great effect. Um, and also, speaking of the voice actors, um, something interesting I read once I heard a familiar voice in the game. Um, I looked up um, Tim Curry. Yep. And he was he actually replaced um, Theo. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, do you know why? Um, in the article I read, it said something like the character that Tim Curry voiced kind of evolved and Tim Tim Curry could best capture it, better capture it than Dio could. And then they said there also may have been an issue having two former Black Sabbath mm-hmm. players on the, on the same game. And then on top of that too, I think that was around the same time that Dio actually passed away. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of a little bit worked out in the end because, um, yeah, like, uh, the game was released in 2009, and he passed away in 2010, but I think he was dealing with some health things, I think, is the reason, uh, I think, and, um, yeah, so, yeah, he he had, he was diagnosed with cancer, stomach cancer, in 20, 2009, so, uh, yeah, and then I also noticed, too, that one of the guys, um, what's his name, uh, Rob Halford, the the um, the guy that I was telling you was the lead uh, the lead singer of um, uh, Judas Priest. He voiced uh, multiple. He voiced Lion uh, Lion White, and he also voiced uh, the the Baron, I believe the 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 Fire Baron, the dude that drives the motorcycle. Uh, neither of you guys know who I'm talking I'm about. Trying to, I'm trying to remember which. It's like the dude with the cop hat and the sunglasses, and he's wearing oh, like yeah. the vest okay, with no shirt on. Yeah. Okay. Once you said that, I was like, All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the Guardian of Metal is voiced by Ozzy Osbourne. Um, like Trevor said, the Viculus was voiced by Tim Curry, and um, uh, Lemmy he voiced um, Lemmy Kill uh, was it Kill Killminger. That's the basis. Yeah, he's the the kill master. Lemmy is the kill master, and actually, he also. uh, Well, no, he was. uh, Let's see who else. Lita Ford. um, She is uh, played. um, Damn, who she play? Oh, she played the chick that rides. um, uh, The 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 cats. Yep, and she was in the Runaways. Uh, all female rock band group and uh, Jennifer Hale, who's a pretty famous voice actress. I think she's like our most famous, is she does the female character for Mass Effect. But she played uh, Orphelia. So yeah, um, they they got a, 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 a who's who kind of in this game, and obviously like Jack Black as the main character um, as Jack Black as, as Eddie Riggs as Jack Black playing Eddie Riggs. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, as far as gameplay, um, this game is kind of split up into three 
different slash distinct things that were like kind of going on uh and see so it was like a open world like third it was a third person action game so you know you have your 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 quote-unquote spells spell and your your attack and just kind of running around you have your open world like car combat slash just driving and then you have your uh what is it? Your your real time strategy. Yeah, and this is where when I was in twenty two thousand nine when I played this game two thousand. You know what? I played this game the year after it came out, so two thousand ten. So it would have been the summer between my sophomore and freshman, or sophomore and junior year. But uh, back then, I didn't know any better, and I was just like, yo, like I like all you know. I, I'm cool with all these things being mashed together and playing it don't really feel that way now um nine years later uh yeah. but i would like to hear what you guys have to say about it. <laughs> i've been doing a lot of talking so i had issues with this game um it just felt like it was doing way too much and it almost felt like a video game based on a movie like how you know it kind of just adapts certain elements from a movie and it might adapt them well but then the gameplay is just like really really shallow and i don't know it feels like it the 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 theme of the game isn't helping the gameplay at all i but i feel I feel you on the, this feels like a movie, because I kind of felt like the story was very shallow. Like, it was very, very, very predictable. And, um... And then, at the same time, it made it... It it was like they were trying to make it seem like that was intentional. Like, you know, they were breaking the fourth wall, they were doing a lot of, um... You know, there was a lot of humor in the the game. But... uh, I don't know. It's that double fine charm, bro. That double fine polish. (laughs) I got a little bit of that in there, but the way the game is structured just didn't... It made it seem so mechanical rather than like a natural story being told. Like they were uh, hitting checkboxes or what are you going? Like um, just kind of... Almost almost to a repetitive point where... Like... Okay, you get into the game. There's a short tutorial. Um, they give you a chance to do open world stuff, and then you go and talk to the the quest giver, and he, you know, there's some kind of um, humorous dialogue exchange, and then you go into the the gameplay. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was doing that same formula through every mission. Like it seemed like the that was the only place where the humor was was like either in the cutscenes or like that interaction right before um you go into a mission. Um I will say like there is like it's kind of sprinkled in the world, but it's very juvenile, I feel. So like um like the some of the collectibles in the game are these eagle statues that have the ball gag on them and you have to like target them and play this spell that catches the ball gag on fire and then they can spread their wings and then like his vehicle is called the deuce you know 
So it's... Uh, I didn't even pick that. Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so, like, you know... I mean, what what is what is, what is the deuce supposed to represent? I know what, it, what it, a deuce it, is. No, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think oh. they sprinkle some of the... Oh, I'm, okay. I'm doing air quotes. Humor... throughout the non-dialogue section as well um some of the uh just the way the characters look like the uh the the headbangers you know just having like massive massive necks and um just there are some like touches but i think that it because there isn't a lot of substance to it, it's very surface level and it doesn't it's not really yeah. long lasting. So and even like the, the guitar solos, like when you when you play, like when you want to do a spell or whatever, it pulls up like a like a it feels dated, but I don't really know what else like I think it fits, but playing like the the, the highway of like guitar hero where you're hitting the buttons to play the, the actual song. Even things like that, like if you look at his animation for how he's playing, it's it's quote unquote funny and quirky. But you know, it's just you, you stop looking. You don't. You never look at it because you're looking at the notes. You know, right? Um, I don't know. It, it, one of the criticisms I saw for this game is that it doesn't take the best things from the genres that it is uh, utilizing. That is. That is pretty accurate. And this is yeah. this is criticism from obviously 2009, 2010, and I'm I'm wondering, listening to you guys, because I I don't play a lot of real time strategy games, and I'm willing to bet that I may have a little bit more experience playing them. But like this was at the time, this was like my first uh, quote unquote real time strategy game, and I did not have a problem with how it played when it was my first one but now having played others i'm like since the time i first played this going back to this i'm like man why did they do it this way or why does it control this way you know it's like a very unnatural way of like ordering uh like troops around or like you know ordering units around basically like at least to me it doesn't feel natural because because they Put an emphasis on the special abilities of each of these units. However, like the simple act of selecting a single type of unit and sending them one where one place and doing something with another one, like I feel like it is so much harder to do in this game than like I don't know if it's because I'm playing with the controller. Or because I'm playing as a character and I'm not in the world like in instead third of third person. Yeah, versus like looking at it from like what do they call it the, the top down or the, isometric. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just so much harder to do the things that you would do in a real time strategy game. You know, yeah. like I can't send these troops here and keep these ones here because if they're all grouped together it's like you just auto select all of them almost there's like a i think the way you had to like select a certain group was to like hold the select button highlight them turn to wherever you wanted to send them and then send them to that space so it was yeah. like you were damn near playing claw <laughs> it was it was very cumbersome like and they only of course they only go over that stuff once uh-huh <laughs> And then, like, after that, they removed the little, um, like, it shows you hints at the bottom of the screen. I guess if it feels like you're not getting the hang of it, but that it's still not enough. 
Yeah. Like yeah. you need a constant <laughs> reminder of, okay, um, you know, what do I press to make them advance? What do I press to make them, you know, stay there? Cause I, I honestly couldn't even remember how to select one unit at a time. And that was probably one thing that hurt me playing the real time strategy part of this game. Uh huh. I think they show it to you halfway. They mention it halfway yeah. through the game. And it's like you've already done, like, they call them the stage battles or whatever, the stage missions. And you've already done, like, three at that point before they show you the first time how to do that, you know? And I I didn't really, uh, oh. I was just going to say, and I don't think it was, like, make or break. Like, I don't think it was important that they show it to you in the beginning. But it's just kind of crazy that it was, like, you know, you, you've fumbled through or whatever, figured out how to get through three... T- three stage missions without that feature and then they show it to you and then it's like oh is this important do i need to know how to do this is it they're showing me this because it's like in case i'm curious or like why do i need to know how to do this at this point now yeah i didn't feel like i had to do much micromanaging until maybe the the maybe the last two or three of those uh (laughs) like battles like that Outside of that, I felt like you could kind of just brute force most of it. And just keep throwing units at stuff, and eventually, you're gonna, you know, take over all the, uh, you know, get all the fans and and make your way back, you know, make the way to their stage. So, um, did did you guys all play on normal or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and so like for me, one of the things that I thought was cool, and I was like, this is a great game to learn how to play RTSs, is the fact that you control Eddie. And you get to actually be like, instead of being the god and just seeing everything, you can directly influence things that are happening and help your troops out. And I really dug that in 2010, but now in 2019, I'm like, dude, like, just I don't even need him. Like, I don't want to use him at all. And I, how did you guys feel about that? Like, I, I shouldn't say I didn't need him, but he felt like he felt too powerful, and it was like. I would rather just try to do this the legit way, almost. Mm, I feel kind of the opposite for me. I feel like he wasn't powerful enough. Like, I think they should have made it so that the player would only use him sparingly. Like, if it's going to be a real-time strategy game, then let me have, like, absolute control over over the units and not... Like, I don't want to be down there with them. I want to see the entire board. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it seems like there was a, a much better way to do it. Okay. I don't I don't disagree with you there, but I, I definitely thought he was pretty powerful. And maybe it seemed like that to me just because he can interact with all the units and they have special powers. Um you know, he also has like a AOE attack basically with the face melter that kind of, you know, gets rid of most of the enemies. So, I mean, I felt like he he was, you know. Can also add easy. that a lot of the the button inputs um, to use like Eddie's um, different abilities, like whether he's interacting with the units or he's or you're trying to um, like tell units where to go. The controls are kind of janky too. Yeah, like they're yeah. not they're not fine tuned at all. Yeah, yeah. And then I think throwing in some of the animations, like when you do try to um, like use your um, 
like the summons. I can't remember what they call when you play the music. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they're. Yeah, yeah. Like the animation kind of throws off the other inputs too. Or the solos. That's what they are. Yeah, solos. Yeah, yeah that, and then like the thing that it, it's. I, I I was gonna say too, Trevor. Like, did you do? Did you? Uh, I don't want to get too far ahead, so never mind. Um, with how, why one of the reasons I felt he was so strong was because the solos, like the face melting and and the others. But then also, like, if you end up doing or collecting a lot of, uh, I don't remember what the currency is in the game, tributes, I think, or whatever. But if you power that character up, he gets really strong. But it just seems so backwards the way they do it, because all his attacks are centered around attacking a single person. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel like in the normal story or whatever... I have issues fighting people one-on-one, but it's these stage battles when I want to do more of the AOE stuff that it's like, wow, he doesn't really have any combos for, like, a group of enemies. It's it's just literally running up and either just playing your guitar or, like, picking an axe that specifically has an AOE effect or just running around and doing his, like, the the the, the one AOE he has, which is the, the X plus A or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think what I was doing, or I guess what I figured out was there's uh, one of the vehicles that has the stun, uh, stun attack basically. Oh yeah, the guitar, the the, the yeah. base, the base uh, dude. You just ride one of those into area, do that, hop off, and then do the face melter. And and, and you know what? I never thought about it, but like I never use these the people's abilities ever. Well, I guess you're forced to do it at one point, right? Because you have to use uh, the um, the the roadies, big vehicle. Well, not the roadie, but you know the vehicle that you get towards like the end of the game, the big. Oh yeah, yeah, game. yeah, yeah. The one that yeah, yeah that the very very end that last mission. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of them that you use throughout the. Yeah, because I was gonna say game. that roadie one where those dudes are stealthy and you have to use the stereo. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah, cool. They're like their abilities are cool, but I just never found myself using them in the RTS section because I just felt Eddie himself was too strong. And then, like on top of that, too, like one of the things uh, clunky that you guys mentioned about the controls for that is that I can't even send my units to target a specific enemy. They just they'll en route to that if it's like I'm trying to think the enemies that like stay in back. Their path. Yeah, they would just start attacking enemies that are in their path. So, like, I always end up having to, myself, attack the enemies that, like, were shooting things from afar. And prioritizing those. Because my, my, my teammates would always, my units would always prioritize the people that were directly in their line of sight as they were getting to where I was directing them. Yeah, it was kind of janky. Okay, and the, the one thing I will say, and, like, this is just... I guess a, a pro, we, you know, we, we've done all the cons. I guess the pro of that is when they he, he grows his wings. Just being able to get around is so much easier. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think that if we didn't have to play as Eddie, like, that doesn't matter. But since you do, I'm, I'm glad they implemented something that allows you to move around quickly around the battlefield. Um, I think um, my biggest gripe with the game as far as, like, gameplay is just kind of... I feel like... It doesn't do anything particularly well. It tries to do too many things, but like it doesn't. It doesn't put enough like focus and care into making one of those aspects super good. Like 
the melee combat isn't great. Like it just kind of feels like you know it doesn't it doesn't feel you don't feel particularly powerful until like you actually level up a bunch of stuff. And it's like I'm not incentivized to do a lot of the side stuff because I don't care enough about the combat to do it. And like you know, it's an open world game, but I honestly feel like it doesn't even need to be open world. It just kind of feels like it was in that same era where, like, that was a thing, so they just felt like, oh, let's make it open world. Because if you drive around the world, I mean, there's nothing really going on, to be honest. You know, it's just empty space and, you know, uh, mission markers. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Like, it feels like they kind of forced the open world thing because there's no reason why the, um, what do you call it, the motor forges, why they're just in random places. Yeah, because they're they're usually not near, and by the motor forges, the motor forges are the places where you can actually purchase upgrades, and that's where you meet um, um, Ozzy. And um, but yeah, they're they're basically like just out in random places on the map, and you go up to them, and you have to play a solo in order to activate them. Um, but I don't know, it's just like. Sometimes they're not even near any of the um the like the quest markers like for your next mission, and so you have to go and hunt them down. It seems like they just kind of force the open world thing. I feel like they only even hit them like that just so they gave you a reason to want to drive around. Yeah, it's like oh, we don't really know how to make people want to do this if they don't want to do the mission. So maybe you got to drive around to uh, unlock these if you want to upgrade. Can we? Man, you guys touched on a lot of things. <laughs> so I guess the first thing, let's talk about the driving around. Um, you guys were complaining that they have these, the the motor forges kind of just s- spread out and there's no rhyme or reason for why they are in the section they are or why you have to find them. And I think they, they the one of the things is they really, really went hard on the collectible aspect of the open world 3d kind of you know gta style game so on one hand i really like i dig the fact that you have this really uh extensive soundtrack of metal songs and there's like plenty of things for you to find but like some of the collectibles you have in this game there's side missions for you to do um, there are these ball gagged creatures for you to find. I think there's 120 of those. There are these viewpoint vistas. I think there's like, I want to say 50 something of those where you look through the binoculars or to, to see the view or whatever. To kind of, it, it's almost like, um, uh, like look at this, t- look at this beautiful vista or view that our designers took the time to develop. And we don't really have anything going on here, but we wanted to play homage to this metal thing. So, like, you know, basically self-jerking. <laughs> kind of, like, we put this in the game and there's no way for you to interact with this thing beyond just looking at it. So we're going to put a collectible that forces you to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have these tribute things that you have to raise from the ground that, uh, uh, like, the, the motor forges and the... Uh, the music temp the 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 music um 
ways to unlock more music. I think there's like 40 of those as well. So unlock, like each time you do one, you unlock another song. And then they also have uh, your solos. Like I think throughout the game, you're only given like in the story, like two or three solos and the rest are spread out across the world and you just have to find them. So like, um, I think the face melting one is one you have to find. There's, there is, right? Yeah, the the I didn't find them all, but there were some that I ended up finding towards the end of the game. And I'm like, man, if I would have got this exactly, movie, exactly, it would have been nice. There's one that you can call that summons a flag. So when you're in the RTS mode, you can like instead of one of the things that we didn't talk about this in the RTS mode is like because you can fly around and the the environment is so large when you're building troops, like if they're not within sight or whatever, you can't dictate them to go anywhere. So like this summon the flag one, you could summon a flag after you play the solo and it would summon on your location. And anytime you build units, they would automatically go to that flag. And that just makes that entire section so much easier because you don't have to keep going back to your stage to tell your troops to meet up with your other troops. You can just have a flag that, so anytime you build new troops, they automatically go to that. And uh, the one that you, there's one that calls, uh, like Greg said, that the face melter one, that is a really great AOE one. There's also one that, um, uh, um, there's one that calls like the Zeppelin that crashes into the ground and it's an even stronger, like bigger, more massive AOE. And that's one that you find late, like you, you just find. And like, I, I know on my, so I didn't get that yeah, one. I know on my, um, on my 360, when I, I was pretty obsessed with this game when I played it when I was younger, when I didn't know any better, <laughs> I was uh, I, I I was about this life. I you know I was like I like this world, I like this what this game is doing, and I looked and found everything, and it took a long ass time. But when I was playing it this time, I was like, man, I don't want to do any of this stuff. There's no incentive to do it. It's just like my own sick pleasure I get out of doing that. That that's what kept me going the first time. Um. And then what was the other thing you guys talked about? Oh, yeah. So, so like, driving around, when you get to a new area, there typically it's like you go from area to area like you would in an open world game like GTA where, you know, you start in, uh, like, like San Andreas, you start in San Andreas. Or, I'm sorry. Uh, what is it? What is the L.A.? It, I'm drawing a blank. Los Santos. You start oh, off in yeah, Los Santos, and then you work your way to the country, then you're in San Fierro, then you're in the country, then you're in Las Venturas, and then you have access to everything. That's kind of how they do it in this game, where you like you start in the main area where your crew is, you only deal with Lionheart and his crew, and then you're in the jungle, and you're in a different environment, then you're in the golf world, and then you're, you know, like, the... the, the Frost world or whatever. So they kind of segment the world off, and you really only have a handful of missions in each place as they quote unquote open up the world to you. And then usually in each place, there's a couple of side missions there and some stuff for you to discover. But if you're not about doing side missions or anything like that, exploring, you'll just be in an area, a life, like literally a lifeless empty area. Like they said for like two or three missions. And then it's on to the next, the next area. Not even two or three missions. Like, like to mainline this game, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah, because it does. like each each time you move, it ends like at the exact point where you need to go in order to start the next mission. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, and and that's 
I like that because it, it's introducing you to the new parts of the world. But then the other thing is they don't necessarily put the um, the side quest like within like you know your your vis- your uh, field of view. Um, because I didn't know about the side quest until I started looking at the map. Um, yeah, they're yeah. Of, they're kind of off the beaten path, so you have to. It leave. forces you to explore. Yeah. So that's that's something different. Like a lot of games, at least, you know, start you on a quest line where you might be um, where the the main mission is. You might see a exclamation mark next to it. But then that'll lead you further out onto the beaten or off the beaten path. So it's, you know, it's a little bit more exploratory. It it forces you to go like I constantly was going in and out of the menu to view the map constantly because it was just kind of like, okay, what's over here? Because like you said, like there isn't like an exclamation point or anything. The game, if if the game, if it was up to the game, you would just do the main missions. You would never know there was any side missions. Because that's all they highlight. There's not even NPCs usually within really close to the main missions for the most part. So you would literally have to go on your map and see their waypoints in order to get to them. Um, so, yeah. And then, like, driving. Let's talk about the, the, the actual the car, the deuce. And I... I think this is maybe the worst driving vehicle mm. I've ever dealt with in a game. And I'm including the game that everybody always hates on that I don't have an issue with. I mean, worst is kind of kind of. This is my, Mass Effect. Yeah, everybody <laughs> hates the Mako in no. Mass Effect 1. And I have no issue with the Mako. Because no. the reason why I say that is because you can, like, you can hover slash jump in the Mako. So it's easier to go up. <laughs> Bridges and everything, but there were so many times. Like, I don't. Did you guys do side missions in this game? I did a few just to get a feel, but like outside of like three or four, I was like, all right. Like, I did. So I did all the races, and there would be literally times where like I'm driving and I like am trying to turn, or I'm just going straight, and then my car just veers off into like the direction, like. I'm not even holding a direction, and it just kind of takes a mind of its own. Yeah, and it's, I, it's the terrain. It, I just, I, I just feel like I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if it's the terrain and the vehicle not just being. So I don't think this game was meant to be a, a driving game. This is not Forza Horizon. But they they put so much in it. Exactly. To... <laughs> it's like they used a random randomized terrain generator or something, and then decided to put like um, drivable portions on top of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, we're gonna put a dirt road, or we'll actually put a road here. Because there were so many times where, like, I hit the brakes on my car, and it's just like it's not even, it's not even stopping, it's not even stopping, or you know, and like, or like, I literally drive off the edge of the map or like a cliff or whatever because either the car didn't brake or like I tried to turn away, but the car just reacted too slow or something. I. And then there's there's one mission. It's one of the main missions where you're forced to to drive. It's the escort like one. time. No, this one. This is the um the one where the environment is like crashing down. Oh yeah, yeah. And 
there there are some some bad portions of, of that that I honestly don't think was initially like a driving meant to be a driving portion but then they just kind of changed it to the first boss when you're fighting that creature and you're in the deuce oh, yeah. and you have to run over its tongue or something there yeah. was so many times where I just straight up missed it like I'm driving straight at it and next thing I know my car is just whipping it you know <laughs> it's it's almost as if you're and and I understand like the the model of the car isn't but it's, it's almost as if you're not driving a car that's meant to be an off-road car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just, it's one of the worst controlling vehicles in a game that I can think of that I played. And, like, I know that the Mako is usually, like, the, this is the worst of the worst, or this is up there. A lot of people just remember that. But I, I I'm actually one of the Mako apologists. I, I actually don't mind the Mako. And I would take the Mako any day over the Deuce. That's, man. It, okay, is that among your worst, Craig, or is there anything else that? Or I mean, I think the Mako's still worse than sure. this, but it's bad. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> it definitely sucks. Is there anything that you would think that's like this isn't as bad? The Deuce is better than that, besides the Mako, or like this is other games that you can think of that it's like this is as bad as the Deuce. I'd have to think about it for a while, but also the as far as the vehicle combat, I think is. Non-existent. It, it, it feels lazily done because, like the first, um, the first main weapon you get, the first primary weapon, it basically auto-targets the enemies. Like all you have to do is aim in like the general vicinity, and you just see an explosion. What main weapon? The um, like the machine gun. The machine gun doesn't auto-target. It only shoots in front of you. Uh, it, it's very. It, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very lean. There's some leeway too. Yeah. I, I will say that the the it, it seems like the the weapons for the vehicle were kind of tacked on last minute. It was like oh, like they probably need something to defend themselves if they're in this thing. So they have the machine gun. They have the um, they have primary and secondary weapons. Uh, so it's like the machine gun. There is I use the rocket launch the the, the heat seeking missiles. And you would just shoot those, and sometimes they hit the enemy, and sometimes they would just veer off and go somewhere else. Um, and then I used the bolt thing, the electricity thing, that would kind of lock on to enemies. But again, it was just kind of like whichever... I don't even know. There was no rhyme or reason with that. It was just kind of like sometimes it would go for one enemy, sometimes it would go for another enemy. It wasn't necessarily who I was looking at. I guess maybe sometimes it was who was closer. Maybe it was sometimes who was... it easier to hit at the I, I, like there was no rhyme or reason um and then like secondary weapons like there was one that shot uh blood uh behind you i think there was one that you dropped a mine behind you like spy hunter style there was one that was like subwoofer that did like an aoe that kind of stunned enemies beside you there was one that shot flames on either side of you so there was like a you could kind of defend yourself but nothing like i mean it was okay right it was all you needed to get through each mission. Yeah, yeah. Um, having said that about the car stuff, I kind of wrote down the different types of missions that there are in this game. And uh, with the main missions, there was the art, the real-time strategy stuff, which we touched on. There was boss fights, which were few and far between, and those kind of ran the, the, the spectrum. Sometimes they were just like, 
like the very first one you're in the car and you like I said you just have to run over this dude's tongue I think it's like a spiked tongue um there was another one like the last fight against Diviculus where it's kind of like a you fight hordes of enemies then you fight Diviculus and hordes of enemies and Diviculus there's the I think those are really the only two right am I missing one um there's the one where you have to capture the beast or you're just talking about bosses? Yeah, just bosses. Anyways, yeah, they're like Trevor said, they're the ones that you wrangle the beasts. So there's like a couple of different like creatures in this open world, and you have to do certain things to get them on your side. Um, and then there's the escort ones where your your crew is all in this bus and you're driving to the next location, and so you're basically tailing them, and they're getting attacked by bad guys and you're kind of fighting them off and honestly that was maybe my my favorite style of mission was the escort ones uh do you guys have an opinion about those the the, the missions i think the real time strategy were by far my least favorite i think i started enjoying those towards the end of the game mm-hmm. um and I guess that was just because there was more, I guess you had more units, and there was like a little bit more depth to it, but it didn't feel any better. You know what I mean? Like It, it still, got harder at the end, though. Yeah, you, for you sure. Didn't have to, you couldn't brute force it. You had to put some, yeah. some thought into it. Yeah, you definitely had to uh, take advantage of like uh, the different units, and even, um, I don't even think I was using that, um, that solo that put the post uh, post down up until like the um, maybe the second to last okay, mission okay. like that so um, but yeah I think it was just kind of like I got into the flow of it and kind of figured out how to play it better and it just kind of clicked with me towards the end but yeah it's still you know still very um, you know clunky okay you know what about you Trevor what was your favorite style of mission um I I preferred just action combat, honestly. Um, like that first uh, that first level, like as soon as you like actually start playing, um, that kind of gameplay is what I was expecting from the game. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because that's what the demo, like the demo of. Has anybody played the demo before? Man, I have. I no, no. And so the demo is literally like the first like twenty, thirty minutes of the game. When I you're think. fighting, when you first get into the world, you meet Ophelia, then you're driving and running over mm-hmm. the. Dudes. It ends with the driving part. And that boss fight. Like, when you're, do you do the boss fight? I don't think you do the boss fight. I think it stops right before that. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea about the RTS stuff when I got the game, even like a, almost a year later. Um, I I went into it thinking it was a action-adventure game, open-world action-adventure game. So when I first heard the game announced, I thought it was going to be a rhythm game. Like, that was the first thing I thought. <laughs> Cause, and even leading up to it, man, like, I didn't even feel like they had explained it very well. And um, I think the only reason I found out that it had, like... Uh, um, I want to say, like, on a, on a bomb cast or something, they said it was, like, basically a tower defense game or something like that. And that's when it was like, oh, okay, I didn't even know what? that's what the... <laughs> I didn't even know that's what this was. And, um... So, you said just the action-adventure stuff, Trevor. Did you like any of the others at all? The 
real time strategy or escort um, or the the wrangling the beast? I like the wrangling um, like missions, like the ones where you had to. Um, it was just a nice change of base. The, yeah, <laughs> the ones like where you had to corral the the pigs, and then you had to to um, to create a ring of fire around the beast. Yeah, yeah. Those were those were fun because they were different. Um, I wish they would have con. Uh, I guess they did kind of contribute to the RTS stuff because you could do that in the game, mm-hmm. um, like with the the stun attack and and then like creating a ring of fire around the enemies. Um, but I think having to do those things individually rather than all at once um, made it more fun rather than anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is why I probably enjoyed those a little bit more. How far did you end up getting? You didn't end up beating it, you said, right? Um, no, I I could have finished, but I didn't want to. I, I refused. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to the part where you're. Um, let me see. I got past the ice world. Um, from what I looked at on the guide, it was like the second to last real time strategy mission that you have. Where they, um, I think Ophelia is on the field. Oh, so you haven't done the, the, the stage battle against Ophelia? Um, I think that's the one I'm doing. Okay. Or the one that I stopped at, because... So you're um, in the very foggy world right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's okay. a bunch of dry ice everywhere, which gotcha. I, I like all those puns like that, where they kind of equate <laughs> some of the... Like the 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 stage hand stuff. Yeah, it's like oh, we need to use this smoke for the show for the stage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I got stuck on that part because of some of the the enemies, which I wish were a little bit more um, explained. I guess it's crazy because there is like a was a dossier uh, like a like a. A, a guide or a thing you can go to to read about the enemies, but it's not really obfuscated or it's not really shown well. And like, it's kind of like you can fight a couple of them before you even get enough information or like they, before you, that even comes relevant to you. But if you like pause the game and go, I, there's something in the menus that you can go see to go deal with that, to go see like how, what does this enemy do or what is it trying to do? Because that, that definitely, like, whenever you see a new enemy, it's just kind of like, I don't really know what you do. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I forgot to mention, one of the things I do like about this game, in the very beginning, it has a little cuss meter and the gore meter. Oh. <laughs> and you can choose, if, you can choose, like, if anytime there's a cuss word in the in the dialogue, you can choose if you want it bleeped or not. And so it can kind of lead to some humorous situation. I don't know if you guys played Censored or not. But if I ended up putting the uh, the language one on because my kids would like come around uh-huh. and watch, but but uh, but yeah, I didn't try. I should have did the violence one just to see, like the gore one, just to see what it did. But it's just like blood, I believe. Like just some of the, I, I actually I have written in my notes that Daviculus bodies two of the characters in the game, and I, I don't know like what that would look like for you. And then at the end. Uh, Decapitation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Decapitation at the end. Yeah, yeah like... <laughs> Man, I'm, now I'm interested to see what that looks like with that turn Yeah, so I think those would be interesting to see. But I I, I always played the uh, uncensored 
violence and uncensored language. So I, I always thought that it would be hilarious to listen to this game censored, like uh, with with the ble- the beeps and the bleeps and all that. <laughs> they, they do that. I think when he when um when he gives a middle finger, they put like the parental advisory sticker over there. <laughs> yeah. So like there is a little bit of humor in there as well, and yeah. So I did like that. Um, trying to think, and then I was going to say for the main, so the main missions. There's the four. There's the real time strategy, the escort, boss fights, and the wrangling of the beast. And really, for the side missions, there's even more. There's racing. There's hunting. There's uh, you get to ambush enemies. So kind of like what Trevor was saying, where you're kind of like the adventure, action adventure style stuff. There's tower defense, and then there's. Um, like a, a cannon, uh, um, I shouldn't say tower defense. It's more like you are, your car is put at the top of this tower and you are defending an area. So you are the tower. You're not defending a tower. You are the tower. And, um, and then the cannon, which is like, you're driving the deuce around and you're having a guy shoot a cannon at your car and you're trying to lead the cannon to, to defeat the enemies that are coming to assault the cannon. The so, cannon. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Did you guys, did you do many of the side missions, Trevor or Greg? I did a few of them at first, but it's kind of how I am with all games that have side Open missions. World, yeah, yeah, they get repetitive, right? Yeah. There, there was like a couple of like one-off ones. I don't know if you guys did any of them. Uh, did you do any, Greg? Um, of the main? Yeah, I did a few. So, did you, do you guys... I mean, so, like, I know the one you did, Trevor, because we talked about it, the taking the beer to the beach. Yeah. That was a one-off one, and um, I didn't do all the side missions this time. I did do them the first time, but, like, that was a one-off one. There was one where um, there was a family of bats that had gotten uh, kicked out of their cave by these creatures, and you had to go into the cave and defeat the creatures in order for them to move back into the cave. There was one, um, another one at the beach that was, um, I guess this headbanger was trying to talk to one of the rifle girls. I don't remember their position, but he was saying that all the, uh, the fire baron dudes, the dudes that rode the motorcycles were too smooth talking and good looking. So you had to basically use the headbangers, uh, crew and try to um, so he could talk to the girl, and you had to use the headbanger's ability to keep him keep the uh, fire barons away from the girl. So there there was some uh, some things. There was one where you had to kill like there was eight deer that kind of went off and, into different directions, and you had to clear, they were in, infected with some virus, and you had to kill them before they got too far from the central location. So there was a little bit of diversity and like kind of uniqueness put but those were very few and far between you would play like five ambush and two tower defense before you get one of those unique ones so i think i ended up doing like 20 20 plus i did maybe 25 side missions so uh, and i i wasn't even I, I still maybe probably had about 10 plus 15 plus to go so <sighs> yeah, i just think it- I don't know, man. I just feel like the side stuff isn't just... One, it's just not very engaging. And two, it's just like the reward you get for it. It just... You know, you don't really feel like you you need to... The reward you get is the ability to upgrade your character. But the reason why it is not that 
rewarding, quote unquote, is because the upgrade system in the game isn't that rewarding. Yeah. Like, you don't really feel all powerful or godlike for the most part. Like, you definitely feel like your character gets stronger. But a lot of the upgrades in the game is aesthetic stuff. Like, whether it's how your character dress or, like, even the, like, the different things like the axes your character uses, the spells that you use, even with the guns and equipment you have in your vehicle, they don't feel like there's that much of a difference between the stuff you use. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's like, oh, I upgraded my axe and now it does plus five, in, you know, damage or something like that. It's really just like what augment you want on your axe. It does the same amount of damage unless you have this specific augment on or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, I told Trevor it was very disappointing to come back to this game that I had such strong feelings about, you know, the first time I played. And I was like, yeah, this game needs to have a sequel. It's great. Like, I know it was underappreciated and, like, not a lot of people played it and they should yeah, give this game a second shot. It's kind of like how maybe people felt about Mirror's Edge. Whereas, like, it does this thing, and, like, it does, it, it has this thing, and it's going for, and it, it touched, or it, it affected people a certain way that played it. So, uh, I kind of, like, now, after playing it a second time, I'm like, you know what? Nah, like, they didn't do enough <laughs> right, in my opinion, to justify a sequel in this game. And even what I read uh, when you were doing your intro, uh, Greg, was that... Um, a lot of what they were proposing for the sequel was stuff that they decided to not include in this first game. So it's kind yeah, of it like, like another faction. <laughs> yeah. Like some other stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to include some other things, but it ended up not even being like key things or things that are important. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they were going to go down one road a little bit more. I'd be down with it, but, like, if it's going to be this, you know, mixture of open world, action, adventure, RTS, like, I'm not, no, I'm good. We don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, one side thing, since I guess, I, I wanted, did either of you guys do the racing side missions? I did, like, one or two. So, the guy, his name is Fleetus. And I was like, I, he reminds me of something. He reminds me of something. I couldn't, for the life of me, remember what. He looks just like uh, Glottis from Grim Fandango. Or like like a similar creep Because he's a demon in that game. And this dude is a demon. And I looked it up just now. And like, yeah, he, he was an inspiration for that. Because <laughs> it, was, it was bugging me. I'm like, he reminds me of something. Um... But yeah, do you guys have anything else that you need to say about Brutal Legend? I, I ended up telling Trevor, I don't know if I, I don't think I ended up saying this, but like, I wasn't as disappointed as I was playing Brothers the second time, but, but it was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I was like, man, I really, like, I, I can understand why people liked Brothers if they play it for the first time. I actually don't understand, unless like, I feel like this is like a an age and like I, I was in the right place and like this hit me when I was going through that time where it's like I really like metal music and like this aesthetic and humor and everything was 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 I was feeling it but now coming back I'm just like man this 
this is what I used to like. I used to be into this kind of stuff. <laughs> I do want to say that um, even though I had a lot of negative things to say about this game, the one thing I did like about it was the the theme of it. Oh, yeah. It was really used. Definitely. Definitely. And the world building, too. I agree with that. I, I, I do think the world looks really well. Uh, it, it's, it's realized... Uh, crafted well and uh i i do like when i think of metal or whatever like this is kind of like a now like when i'm listening stuff i kind of do picture it in this kind of aesthetic slash world you got anything greg mm, brutal legend it's all right <laughs> so trevor what, what do you say is it is it it's fine. <laughs> or is it worse than fine? Or better than fine? It's it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I will say, I think, like, it was very disappointing for me to go this. This has maybe been my least favorite game we've played this year. I think I agree with you there. Yeah. And it's like, I think so far, like, there's not been a game, like, unlike last year, there's not been a game that I've disliked, but it's just like, I don't think I need to play this game again. I, I kind of, I, it, it kind of, it really hurt to go back and play this game. It, I, I wish I hadn't gone back and he played said it. Hurt. It did, dude, because it's just like, <laughs> I lose, you lose one of your heroes, you know? It's just like, yeah. it's like, yo, like, what are your favorite Double Fine games? And this would be one of them. And now, like, I'm like, oh, nope, strike that off the list. It's kind of how I feel, you what, know? What did Riley Freeman say? It's, it's like going to heaven and find out God smoking crack. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I I actually, like, because I have all these Double Fine games now, I'm like, dang, what if I went back to this game? Or what if I went back to this? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that that's kind of how I like, feel. Like, it's all a lie. That's kind of how I feel, dude. Because, like, I mean, we played Grim Fandango, we played Psychonauts, and, like, those games were... I, I, dug, I feel like I, I dug those games more than you guys did, but then, like, going back to this game that I've already played, I'm like, oh, nah. So, like, if I go back to these other games I've already played, I'm just like, yo, what was I thinking? Why did I like this? Just lose this mystique. Hmm. Uh, do you guys got anything else you want to say about Brutal Legend? I think that's it. I do have a question for you guys. Okay. So, if you were to make a game based on any genre of music... I had this question, but... <laughs> <laughs> which genre would you pick? And also, um, who would you cast in the, in the game? Like, either as the protagonist or, like, supporting cast? Okay. Or even a narrator? I have to think about that. Like, I don't know, like... The first thing that comes to mind would be like kind of maybe like early '90s hip hop or something like that. I don't, but I don't really know how you how you would make a game around that necessarily. Yeah, like I was thinking, like, what if you did like a game? Like, this is not my answer or whatever, but like, if you did like a a certain re- like, if you took Atlanta, because I think Atlanta has like the different genres of rap music that have come out of it. So if you said like okay like well this, the game takes place in Atlanta and each faction is a different like crunk and you have 
the outcast like dungeon family uh and then you have trap music and you you know like snap music okay. and like just okay. having like the different genres that have come out of atlanta or maybe you can even do in new york and you can do like the boom bat versus the now versus the the like curtis blow and the uh, sugar hill gang and that stuff versus the djs i think actually that might be my answer is the new york and just like hip-hop but it'd be like the djs and the break dancers and the graffiti artists and the mcs you know so like having those be the different factions and then obviously i think i would want to take place in the 80s because it would be the or 70s 80s because it'd be that like the get down you know like the yeah. the, the 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 gritty new york when it was like graffiti on the subway trains and like the buildings and it's like dirty there and like i, I think that would be a cool uh i mean i think we we were all probably thinking rap initially <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think that could be potentially cool. I don't know what kind of game it would be, like what what genre or anything, but I think there's something to go off of. And as far as, like, as far as voices, I don't know. Like, it would have to be somebody from New York, right? Yeah. It would be somebody that's been around from the jump, maybe, or... Hmm. Would it be someone... Would it be an actor? Would it be a, a musician? Like... Hmm. It would probably have to be somebody that's been around from the just some like like Nas or something, because like you know like he was at least probably at an age where like the the house making parties... the get down for real now. Oh really? I've only watched well, the first episode. Well, he, he narrated it. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Really, yeah, I only watched the first episode. <laughs> so, all right. Well, who's somebody else you could use? Like that's like relevant. Like maybe like. I don't know. What's one of the dudes in the Fury? Grandmaster Flash? <laughs> Actually, the last time he was in a game with that I remember was DJ Arrow, and his voice was so annoying. <laughs> but yeah, that could be cool. I, I also thought, like, maybe doing electronic, uh, like, that, like Tron, but, like, I was like, man, that's already been done, you know? Because <laughs> that could be cool. But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking along the same lines of hip-hop, but on a more global scale like your factions would be like west coast hip-hop east coast uh, midwest southern i'm sorry who chirac (laughs) i was gonna say like people say midwest and it's like really they just talk about chicago yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I guess I guess you Detroit, have like Detroit. I guess I mean, Kansas. Yeah, Kansas is known uh, for its barbecue, Louis. not its rap. Ten nine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Texas. The South is it? South? I feel like Texas is yeah, own that's thing. Di- that's different. I feel like it's Texas is own thing. Like you can pair Texas with Memphis <laughs> and Louisiana. <laughs> And then South is like, uh, even though Louisiana is probably like more closer to South music than Texas. I feel like Texas has its own style. Mm. But yeah, I'd probably get like, man, I'd probably get like, like Kendrick Lamar. It'd be like good kid, Matt city, except he's, he's like traveling through, through the entire country. Like going through these different areas, different regions of of hip hop music, 
Low key, I would just use the if I could, I wouldn't even use a famous person to narrate. I'd just use the narrator from Bastion. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kid decided to break. <laughs> no, I, see, for a narrator, I have to get common so he can do the whole. Oh um, yeah, you're not listening to the power of 4G. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do like if it, actually if it was in New York, it would be cool. Like, I, man, freaking like the. It's a Big Daddy Love, Big Daddy Love from Do the Right Thing, how he's a radio host, or like, um, same thing with the Warriors, the chick. Yeah. Listen, all you bop. Like, that would be real cool. Yeah. That would be real cool for New York. Forget having an actual famous person. Let's get like that kind of style. I'm trying to think if there's any other genre of music. Like, I think it would be cool to have like a trance or like a. Did you guys ever play Child of Eden? <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, okay. I think I played a demo of it or something. I think I think like the most of the stuff I can think of is like maybe like uh, like concept albums like Deltron Thirty Thirty or like um, like a I'm trying to think like Demon Days. I don't know it's not a concept album, but like how like the uh, uh, Feel Good Inc. Uh, video was and kind of doing stuff in that kind of art style. Or like a that kind of environment, like it was very surreal, dream kind of scape kind of setting yeah. would be really cool. I wish there was something I could think of for like drum and bass, where it's like when I think of drum and bass music, I think of this setting. But like usually, the, there's not really a setting I think of when I listen to music for the most part. So I think of Mirror's Edge for drum and bass. What was it one song that was? Um, I can't think of the name of that song. I was using Mirror's Edge. Or it may have been like a remix to the Mirror's Edge song, the theme. Hmm, don't know. But. Alright. Well, you guys got anything else? That's it for me. Alright. Yeah. Where can people find you, Trevor? You can find me on my new computer. Not your old one? <laughs> I managed to get my old one working again, but. <laughs> Uh, I'll probably use that one just as something to, to render with parts. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I'll be on Steam, um, at Lyric Unsung. All right, and where can people find you, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at uh, Boombox Hero, and uh, on Twitch at uh, Twitch.tv/xdrdmagnegroX. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Potato Salad. Potato underscore sal- salad. Um, yeah. Um, our next game, I think we're, we're almost back on track. Our next game for this month for July is Trevor's game, Forgotten Man. Right? Did I get that right? Yep. Cool. So, we actually, I don't, did we, we didn't put up the Overton episode yet, have we? It is up today. All right, bet. All right, so yeah, we're almost on track. So uh, we'll try to get this one knocked out and recorded and uploaded this month as well. Uh, the Forgotten Anne one as well. And then we'll be caught up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and then we, we have figured out our guest-nominated guest game as well. Um, I think that we'll, we'll unveil it next episode we'll talk about it later this month so be on the lookout for that as well uh do you guys have anything else all right we are miss checkpoints and we're out peace